Welcome to the Stevie and C Breezy Show. I'm your host, Stephen Inman, alongside my good friend, Chris Brito. And Chris, we have so much to get to today. As you know, it's the first official day of NBA free agency. But in a stunning development since our last episode, Phil Jackson and the Knicks have parted ways. Just a few short months after the Knicks picked up the final two years on Phil's contract. We'll discuss that, and of course, we'll talk about their pick, Frank Nielakina, and the Nets' first round draft choice. But first off, Chris, how are you? Hey, Steve. Happy to be here today on this rainy Saturday with you. Um, I'm great, man. I'm ready to talk about NBA draft, Phil Jackson, the madness that is the Knicks, um, and the craziness of the NBA free agency. Let's talk about Phil Jackson first. He had three very interesting up and down years with the Knicks, but but Chris, where did it all go wrong? Well, there were a few things. I think I think what tipped over the scale against him um, were the developments right before the draft. In in him wanting to trade Porzingis, you can't trade your your franchise cornerstone for. It doesn't really matter because you're tra- if you're if you're trading for draft picks, you're you're basically trading for theory. You're not trading for actual production yet. Um, so that was one thing that he did terribly wrong. And even entertaining that is not the right way to go. Um, you also have to talk about the Joe, Joe Kim Noah deal. Um, he signed into an Albatross contract. Um, and now we're basically stuck with a, a an off-injured center who who knows if he'll like, produce next year. And he... And he and, and, and he violated a drug test. He's suspended to start the year next year. So what good are you? I mean, Phil, um, Phil did a lot of good things well. He drafted Porzingis. Mike? He brought in Hernan Gomez. Right. Those are two true. guys okay. who uh, who helped. Maybe maybe Frank Nilakina is, is another one. We'll get to him in a minute. But the the media attention that he drew was just terrible. I mean, the idea that he had you know public disputes with Carmelo Anthony, the Porzingis trade discussions were. If, look, if, if you think the best thing for your organization is to trade Porzingis, that's one thing. I don't agree with it. You don't agree with it. But that's one thing. But to say we're trading him basically because he skipped an exit interview, it just shows that your ego's in the way. And that along with Carmelo, you know, publicly saying he's better off somewhere else, just it just made him look like he was incompetent, like he wasn't able to handle the job. You know, Derek Rose goes AWOL during the year. No, Phil has not commented on that story since. Right. Since, and you know, he was talking about how he'd be interested in bringing him back. It's the whole thing was a disaster. He made the Knicks, who have been the laughing stock of the Eastern Conference for the past two decades, made them look worse. He made them look worse. And who would have thought? Think, coming in, we we thought he was going to be the franchise savior. We thought he was going to turn the ship around. I sincerely thought he was going to be that guy, but a. Parent and obviously not. We're he he drafted it well last week. He drafted a player for his system, and now he's not around. So now we're stuck with a player we don't know a lot about. Yeah, it's a very strange situation. Um, he, he wanted he wanted to do uh he wanted to draft Frank Nilakila because of his triangle offense. The insistence on the triangle offense was another red flag to me. The idea that you bring in a coach who runs this high, uh, this quick paced offense and then instead you tell him he can't run his offense he's got to run your offense and if I felt like Hornacek kind of lost the locker room a little bit last year where he was like here's what we're running and then all of a sudden two days later they're changing it up it the whole situation was a disaster but 
with the Knicks, now that Phil Jackson isn't here, where do the Knicks go? Well, they need to send an actual GM. They need a Steve Mills. I feel like he's more on the more uh, business business aspect of what basketball races are all about. Um, I feel like they should get, they should hire someone like um, the ex Cavs GM David Griffin. Um, he showed that he could handle a diva owner and diva players. He handled LeBron James, um, and he handled Dan Gilbert. Um, those two are probably not the easiest people to work with, but just the fact that he was able to bring a championship team there, I think says a lot about him and the respect the rest of the league has for someone like him. For, for clarification, it sounds like Steve Mills, who is currently the general manager, there's a chance he's promoted the team president and they bring in a GM underneath to kind of do roster construction, which makes a lot of sense because you, you really don't want Dolan and the GM going back and forth. You need a buffer zone. Frank Isola said it best. You need a buffer guy there, and that's what Steve Mills can do. The question, though, is if you're David Griffin, you, you're coming off, you know, you're looking pretty good right now. You, you had, you know, you built a winner in Cleveland. And, yes, LeBron had most to do with that, but he still went out there with very little assets, very little money, very not the best draft picks and still went out and brought in talent around LeBron. Can if you were David Griffin, would you want to come here and be a GM under a guy like Steve Mills? Well, I feel like Steve Mills, as you were saying, like he he would be the president, but I think for someone like David Griffin, David Griffin will be in charge of what he knows best, which is building talent around the, the roster you have. So Porzingis is obviously an emerging star. I would feel confident with someone like Griffin on my team. Yeah, I mean, you know, Griffin makes a lot of sense. Masai Ujiri with Toronto is another guy who I I would bring in. He's uh, a guy we talked he's about. He's your boy. I know you love him. Masai Ujiri was the uh, GM of the Denver Nuggets when they fleeced the Knicks on the Carmelo deal. Then he went to Toronto and he said, our first order of business is we're going to amnesty Bargnani. And they don't amnesty Bargnani. They instead take Steve Mills to the cleaners with this deal. And, you know, they had to give up a first-round pick for a guy they wanted to cut. So Masai would be a great fit. The problem with him is he's under contract long-term with Toronto. And they're going to have to give up multiple first-round picks to get him out of there if that's even something he would want to do. Right. Although it it did seem like he was interested uh, based on sources from other reports. But... Honestly, it's not worth it if, if the Knicks have to give up their first-round pick. And right. in the current state where the team is right now, where he could feasibly lose another 40 to 50 games next year. At least. At least. It's probably wise to keep your, your first-round picks. I mean, it, And not give them to an Atlantic division rival either. Masai or even a guy like R.C. Buford with San Antonio, you know, where if you're Dolan, you could throw out, you know, here's a blank check, put on whatever you want. But when you're dealing with teams and you have to trade up these assets, it doesn't make a ton of sense, especially when there are probably quality candidates like David Griffin and others out there on the free agent market. Let's move ahead to the draft, Chris. And it was very strange to see Phil Jackson make this pick and then not have a job a week later. But that's exactly what happened here. The Knicks take a French point guard, Frank Nielakina, who is viewed as a you know, 6'5", you know, point guard, shooting guard combo, uh, 18 years old, very, very raw. Do you like this pick? 
you know what? At first, and we saw the draft together, so we had two completely different reactions. You were obviously very disappointed because you wanted Dennis Smith Jr. I was okay about it because I considered the kid a kid with a lot of potential. I like him. I saw him play a few times for uh, Strasbourg. I wasn't crazy about it, but I also have you also have to take in consideration this is a young kid on a championship team. It doesn't matter where it is. It matters that this kid was one of the the important pieces of that team getting to that point. So, um, and in the league where it's ball dominated, a lot of the best players in the league are guards. You need someone to stop them. I don't, the Knicks haven't had someone like that in a very long time. So I think someone like Frank Nielakina works out. You know, imagine, you know, the point of attack for every team comes from the point guard. Once you stop that, you have someone there to, to prevent offenses from establishing themselves. And I think um, with this, the purported defense that this guy's going to bring, this is encouraging. I agree with everything you just said. With that said, I do not like this pick because I think the main reason they brought him in over a guy like Malik Monk, over a guy like Dennis Smith, was they feel like he fit the system they run better than the other two. Now, if you go to MSG, you're basically not allowed to say the word triangle anymore. And this guy was brought in a week ago for that reason. So I don't like the pick because I thought Dennis Smith was going to be big time. I'm a big believer in him. He's taken a pick later at 9 to the Mavs. I think they got themselves a gem as they look to rebuild in a nearing the end of a Dirk era. We'll wait and see on that, but but Chris, he uh, Frank Milikina wasn't the only pick the Knicks had that night. Right. Um, they also went with two interesting picks. Um, they went with Damian Dodson uh, from Houston. He uh, he actually played at Oregon first before transferring to Houston um, because he had a, they were they were accusing him of sexual assault. The allegations were proven not to be true. Regardless, he went to Houston and went on to have a great senior season. And he was he's seen as a as a catch and shoot three point shooter uh, with decent defense. They could use another one of those. And and I think someone like him, considering where the offense now is going to head to um, with Hornacek, it'll be a lot of like that running gun system that he had in Phoenix. So it makes sense for the Knicks. Any, even if they had the triangle offense, it, it would have made sense. But now it makes even more sense. He he's more of a fit. Um, the other player they got was this kid from Serbia, um, Ojin Jermaz. He's a, he's a stash player. We don't really know what we're getting with him, but he actually played for the same team um, uh, Nikola Djokovic is from. Wow. So, I mean, it's an interesting, you know, player, right? Because you don't know what you're getting. Um, from what I, from the few, from the few highlights that I saw from him, he looks like a, a Mario has a joke. Okay. So, we'll see what we get from I mean, so that's a Boston. Probably. All right, well. Um, he's he's playing for the Summer League, so we'll see if he even gets a pre-draft, uh, pre, uh, no, pre-season invite. You mentioned uh, Hornacek in this offense. I'm very excited to see a guy like Porzingis and, and even Anila Kina kind of run this run-and-gun system. Right. I think it's a, it's a system that has proven, especially lately in the NBA, that it can work. So, 
I'm very excited to see that. And this is really Hornacek's big opportunity here because he kind of lost the locker room a little bit last year, changing up the offense midway through the year. So now it's his opportunity to show that he belongs to be the coach and that they can you know, play this high-paced system. And honestly, I think it's going to work out. I think this will be a system that if even though it'll be a youth movement, um, we'll see Carmelo's points go up. We'll see everyone's points go up because they're going to be focused on the three. If Carmelo is here. which Right, if Carmelo is here. We'll have to wait and see. The Knicks are uh, certainly in a state of flux right now, that's for sure. That's true. Um, um, the Nets also made an interesting pick. They picked their J- uh, Jared Allen out of Texas. Do you have any initial thoughts about what he looks like? You know, I, I like him. He, he makes a lot of sense for them. They're looking for projects. They're looking for guys who they can build around. And he's a guy who, you know, has a very high ceiling. He's, you know, a big man out of uh, Texas, 19 years old. He's uh, he's not going to be playing in the summer league. He's got a hip injury. But uh, Sean Marks, their GM, is very excited about him. Uh, you know, usually these GMs are like, oh, we were shocked this guy fell to us and all this stuff. He was very straight up. He was like, no, we expected him to be there at 22, and he was the guy we wanted. And that's what they got, and I, I give I give them credit for uh, for that. And you know what? Allen has some big shoes to fill. Yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> No pun intended. No pun intended. Uh, after Brook Lopez uh, was traded to the Lakers for D'Angelo Russell, um, the Nets are going to have an interesting team. They have a. They obviously have Lynn and and, and Russell. It looks to me like they're going to be a running gun team as well. So and obviously with Levert, Levert too, um, picking a young guy like Allen will complement. That sort the, of team. Too. The the missing piece for them to be able to say, "Hey, we have a nice young core to build around." is a is a three. Is a, a small forward, and the perfect guy for them to me is Otto Porter. Otto Porter really, I'm not gonna say blossomed, but he really established himself in the NBA last year, and he's a a really good three point shooter, one of the top guys for most improved last year. He's a restricted free agent. I think a lot of teams are going to be throwing out the uh, $100 million range for him. But if I'm Brooklyn, I would I would give him it. You know what? He is an interesting pick. I like uh, Contavious, Contavious Pope. Contavious Caldwell Pope is another uh, guy that can go out. He, yeah. um, he also solidified himself as a – he's not going to be an all-star, but I think he's going to be a, a, a pretty good starter for any team that picks him up he's, if, he's, if he decides to leave the Pistons. He's what you described him, the three and D guy. And you know, you need guys who can play defense and shoot. Hopefully the Knicks and Nets picks can help these two struggling franchises move forward. A few teams will look back on last Thursday's draft as a game changer for their organization. Chris, which team's draft were you most impressed by? You know what? In a surprising development, I think the Kings had the best draft. Um, there was a lot of talk of them trading for a few players. Um, but I like the fact that they have their point guard of the future with De'Aaron Fox, um, a position that they didn't have really for maybe since even Mike, no, no, since Tyreek Evans. Um, I also like Justin Jackson, uh, the senior of North Carolina, and uh, Duke freshman Harry Giles. Um, All around solid picks. I really like Justin Jackson, mainly because he he brings a a stabilizing force to a, a young team. He's a little bit on the older end, obviously, because he's, he's an upperclassman. Um, and then Harry Giles, who a lot of people compare to KG, um, you know, there's a lot of... He he was supposed to be a top 10 talent, top NBA, top 10 NBA talent last year, this for this draft. Um, 
unfortunately, he had some knee issues, and he fell. And lucky enough for the Kings, they were able to pick him up. So I think the Kings had the best draft. Breezy, I'm, I'm all the way in with you on the Kings. This has been basically the West Coast Knicks for the last two decades. They've been a dysfunctional organization. They had by far, to me, the best draft. De'Aaron Fox could be a star. Josh Jackson, I mean, excuse me, Justin Jackson out of North Carolina helped. You know, he really got better every year in North Carolina. Helps them win the title, you know, this season. He's going to be a guy who they can plug in right away and get production out of. And then Harry Giles is the uh, is the up you know the wild card here. He has a ton of upside. He's considered a top five pick going into the year. He had a lot of uh, injury problems with his knees, and people got very good reports on his uh, physicals. So th- they, in theory, got three guys who can they could plug in and be impact players in them right away. You know, trading the tenth pick for fifteen and twenty didn't sound all that smart at the time, but then you see what they got out of those guys. I, I love what they did. So th- I think they did a tremendous job, and this could be the turning point for the Sacramento Kings. Right, and they also have Buddy Heal from uh, from last year's draft. That trade doesn't look that bad either anymore. It doesn't, no. Um, and just like that, they already have four new players, and if you want to add Willie Cauley-Stein, they already have a top five. Uh, they have a starting lineup. They just just pick, with picks they've been in the last three years. The Sacramento Kings certainly could be on the way up. A team that is not on the way up, Chris, is the Indiana Pacers, who traded Paul George yesterday to Oklahoma City for Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. Do you think they got enough for Paul George? You don't find NBA talent of his caliber. Um, it's it's he's he's a gem. Do I think the Pacers made right with him by you know getting a player like Victor Oladipo and Sabonis? I'm not so sure. I think you did get two starters, but compared to the other deals that were on the table. Um, there was a report out there that the Celtics were offering uh, multiple first-round picks. Not the Nets or the Sixers' first-round picks, but um, I would much rather have young player than Victor Oladipo and Sabonis, who, they're good players. They're not saying they're not, but you know what you're getting out of them. I think they just needed to get a little more. Even if they got a first-round pick back, I would have said, okay, that's, that's probably what you're going to get for a rental like Paul George. But think, think about this, Chris. Sam Presti, the Thunder GM, last year at the draft, traded Serge Ibaka to Orlando for Victor Oladipo and the draft rights to Sabonis. He took those two players and flipped them for a year of Paul George. So we traded a year, basically, of Ibaka to get Sabonis and Oladipo for a year to get Paul George. Right. It's incredible. It's, it's a fantastic deal for, for the Thunder, who now, I think, hopped from the number five spot to possibly number two or number three in the West. Uh, do you think if they do that and they get to a Western Conference Finals, is that enough to convince Paul George to stay in Oklahoma? Well, Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, they're both free agents. Um, I don't know. I think only if they win, frankly, I it's don't... It's a big gamble. It's a big gamble. But if I'm Paul George, why would I want to go... If, if, NBA, if winning an NBA title is what I want to do... I don't see how going to the Lakers makes a lot of sense either. But, hey, if you want to play in your hometown, you want to play in your hometown. But I think that's one of the more overrated aspects of... of if you know, if Paul George and the Thunder are a title contender this year, and they win their 60 games, and they get to a Western Conference Finals, and he bolts for a 25-win Laker team, he's going to get killed. It doesn't. So, make, it frankly so doesn't make sense. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot of public pressure on him if they win. 
for him to stay in Oklahoma City. And if I'm Sam Presti, that's that's good enough for me to, to trade these assets to go get him. I, I thought that was a tremendous deal. I thought the Bulls, like Indiana, did not get enough for Jimmy Butler. Oh. It was a very interesting deal. Levine is hurt. He goes to Chicago. They uh, they swap draft picks. Uh, Chris Dunn, who had a really bad first year in the NBA, he's in that deal. The point guard out of Providence. Uh, there's been a ton of other moves. It's been a really crazy few days in the NBA. Chris Paul was shockingly like traded to Houston. Uh, Chris, thoughts on a Paul George? Uh, excuse me, Paul George. A Chris Paul and James Harden backward. Is this the best in the NBA? You know what? I think. I think you have to say yeah. I think it is the best one in the NBA. I can't. You could argue Wall and Beal. You could argue. Um, Curry and Thompson. Curry and Thompson. I put that up there with the Lord top two, top three. Right. Um, great backwards. Neil Keenan and Courtney Lee. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting pairing because Harden obviously needed the ball. He had an MVP-esque season last year. As the point guard. As the point guard. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he'll be sharing ball handling duties with Paul. But there was a report out there that Harden, a few years ago, preferred to be a slasher. He's and, good at it. And, and frankly, he was the only... He, on that team, he, he carried that team by himself. Sure. Just like what Russell Westbrook for and, Thunder. And someone like Chris Paul will take off a lot, a lot of the burden of Harden. I'm encouraged to see what happens with Paul because I think Chris Paul is, is a, a top top-class defensive point guard as well. He'll put everybody in the right spots, and he's also um, going to be reunited with his old USA basketball coach, Mike D'Antoni, who, along with him and a bunch of the best NBA players, were able to win a gold medal. So I think this, I think they, along with the Thunder, went from a you know a mid four, top three, top four team to like two or three top. Two or even they could probably even challenge the Thunder if they if they if they can add some more pieces they could possibly challenge the Warriors for the best team in the West. I have two thoughts on this. My first thought is people are saying that how is a Paul Harden backcourt going to get along? You know, Harden's kind of losing the point guard position. I highly doubt that Dale Morey, the Rockets GM, went into this without talking to Harden first. He has to have been on board with this deal to start. And also, you know, Mike D'Antoni, former Knicks coach, didn't really work out with, with him and Carmelo here. He went to L.A., a very unsuccessful stint over there. Good for him really bouncing back and showing the, the NBA world that his system does work. Right. It, it does work, and I give him a ton of credit. Coach of the year last year, and now he's got Chris Paul and James Harden on his roster. This is – it's a very good – you know, not ending for, for Mike D'Antoni, but it's a good sto- you know, story arc for him. I give him credit. A lot of other moves in the NBA. J.J. Reddick signed a one-year deal in Philly. I love that deal for him. $23 million for one year on a budding roster that's going to need a lot of shooting for space for Embiid, Russell Simmons, uh, not Russell Simmons, Ben Simmons, ben Simmons um, and uh, Mark Helfels. I love, the, I, love, I love that deal. I was a little surprised he took the one year over a, a three or four year longer pack, but it's possible with the cap continuing to rise that he could think, I can break the bank again next year. 
it's a very interesting move. Blake Griffin's, which I was a little surprised by, took a giant deal to go back to the Clippers. That is now 100% his team, and we'll see what they can do to build you know, a roster around him. It's going to be a clunky team, though. I mean, obviously DJ and Blake have, have played on the team for several seasons, but they've always had the services of Chris Paul to facilitate you know, the ball to, 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 to both of those guys. What happens now? Like, you know, you're gonna have to find a suitable point guard to. Do they let Pat Beverly, you know, get the keys to that that team? Do they go with Austin Rivers? Is it finally his I time? Mean, for me, Patrick Beverly, he's always been a solid point guard, but he, I feel like he was mo- mostly there for his defensive uh, abilities. Um, I'm with you on that. So we'll see what happens with that. You mentioned point guards; a ton of them are getting off the board very quickly. Drew Holiday signed a max deal to go back to New Orleans. Jeff T goes to Minnesota. Ricky Rubio is traded to Utah. The Knicks are still looking for a point guard. Obviously, Frank Nilakina, 6'5 guy, can play both positions. He's very raw. They could use another guy uh, to man that position while he develops. Chris, what point guard on the board right now, whether in trade or free agency, makes the most sense for the team right now? Well, they probably need to make some more um, uh, cap space for George Hill, but I think George Hill is, would be the right guy. For the Knicks, he uh, he'll he'll steady the ship for the team, and um, you know provide some guidance for it. He's had a, a ton of playoff experience, so I'm sure he'll be the perfect mentor for a young guy like Frank. Um, I like him. Um, if I was the Knicks, if I was gambling here, it's possible Kyle Lowry doesn't get the money he's looking for. Is it possible you can get him at $23, 24000000 a year on a four-year deal? I think that's possible, but I'm not willing to risk waiting free agency out honestly, to see that happen. Honestly, it's like the point guard mark is is, is drying up really quick. Right. I, I see Laurie going back to the Raptors anyway. Okay. Uh, he has his buddy De, DeMar DeRozan there. Uh, he, the other, he, he would have probably gone to the Sixers um, if, if, if they, they didn't get Fultz. Yeah. That's but, interesting. Very interesting. Villanova guy. Right. Very interesting. Going back to his roots. Darren Collison's another guy the Knicks are talking about. He's He seems to be like a very good backup, probably a second division starter. I would probably steer clear him and Derek Rose. The Knicks have interest in bringing him back. I, I think after what he showed last year with him going AWOL, that's not the kind of culture I want to build around for one. And two, he's not going to be cheap either. Yeah, the other thing too that I think we're not even talking about as much, he's still injury prone. He hasn't finished the season. He finished what sixty games, fifty. He was around that. He was around that. He was around that range, and that sort of worries me for someone like him. Like, why invest money in a point guard that won't give you all the, you know, as many games that you need him for? Yeah, I mean, Derrick Rose to me is not the answer long term for the Knicks. He he winded up playing, you know, arguably one of his you know longest seasons in a long time, and he still missed a good chunk of the season. And he's not, a, he, you know, he he missed 18 games this year, and this was considered to be his healthy year. He he seems like a one trick pony, just goes to the basket, and he's very very good at it. He's one of the at this stage of his career, he's still one of if not the best finishers at the rim. I mean, I'll probably Kyrie Irving a step above him on that, but. The way he just takes contact and finishes at the rim is incredible. Yeah. But 
at this point, he's probably a, a shooting guard to me. He's, he doesn't run. Yeah. He doesn't run an offense. He doesn't. He's not, he's not a guy who can. And he takes a lot. Of, he takes away a lot of touches for 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 Chris Porzingis. Sure, you know he's 28 years old, who's been in this league for a long time now. He's he's not a you know, a young kid. I would probably steer clear of him, and hope you can find you know another guy somewhere else. Even if you want, even if you want to go with a backup like Collison and, and see if he can handle the full time role, I'm okay. I'd rather do that than Derek Rose. I don't. I don't. I think it's time they move on from him. Yeah. Well. So, granted, okay, the Derek Rose thing. We'll we'll have to see what happens with that. But in the meantime, another situation that is developing for for Knicks fans is the fact that Carmelo Anthony. His stock is growing because of all these players that are going out. These top-tier players like Butler, like Paul George, like Chris Paul, they're finding new des- new destinations. Um, Carmelo's stock has never been higher because for a team like the Celtics, for a team like the Cavaliers, because they needed someone like Carmelo to put them over the hump and beat the Warriors. The Celtics to beat the Cavaliers, Cavaliers to beat the Warriors. You definitely need a player like Carmelo to to try to get inch inching a little bit closer to the Warriors' throne. Um, I see something possibly wrong with the Cavaliers. Lala yesterday went on Hot 97. She, she hinted that Cleveland is close. What, the, what that could possibly mean, we don't know. And what we've seen in the last few days are deals that we never thought could happen are happening. So I mean, that's a good point, but I just don't see a team giving up thirty-four million in players to go back to the Knicks to make the cap work. Cleveland doesn't have any assets to me that they'd be willing to give up that I, the Knicks should want. Right. So I don't, I don't see a trade happening. I think the only way he ends up not on this roster is a buyout. Which, if I'm them, I don't want to do that. I think he can contribute here. He can help. You know, him and Porzingis are good friends. I would just hold on to him and let this contract run out. Somebody the other day suggested a stretch provision, which would mean they basically cut him and owe him $10 million on the cap for the next five years. That doesn't make any sense to me. That, no, that no. couldn't make – right now they're not winning. So to not have money to spend now doesn't really matter. But you know, three, four, five years from now when you're trying to compete, to be like, oh, we can't sign this free agent because we owe Carmelo Anthony $10 million doesn't make any sense at all. I think you just let this play out, let him stay on the roster, and if he really wants to go, he'll have to give some money back. But if, if not, I think he's an okay being here. It's a young roster, and you, you could use a vet like Carmelo Anthony on the team. And plus, he's with his son, he's with his estranged wife, who he really wants to repair his relationship with. Um, those, those are obviously factors that are important to Carmelo, because Carmelo is Carmelo. Um, Anything you want to add, Steve? Is there anything? We had a busy show. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of uh, NBA talk in the next couple of weeks. We'll have another show next week. Very excited to see what else happens. Does Carmelo get moved? Do the Knicks find a point guard? We'll have all that next week. Anything you want to wrap up the show with? No, Steve. I'm excited to see the rest of uh, what free agent, NBA free agency has to bring. That's going to do it for the Stevie and Steve Breezy Show. Thank you so much for listening. It means a, a lot to us. And we'll uh, catch you all next week.